Turn with me to two passages, one in the Old Testament. I've given my orders. Preach short for support. That's what missionaries are told. Preach short for support. Okay. All right. I'm not looking for support, but I won't be called back if I go too long. Here we go. Proverbs chapter number 10. You're familiar with this verse. Verse 5 says, He that gathereth in summer. Proverbs 10 and verse 5. My grandson Bo says, Paul, slow down. Give me time to find it. Proverbs 10 and verse 5. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Then in Romans chapter number 13. Romans chapter number 13. And that knowing the time, verse 11 says, Romans 13, verse 11, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness, nor in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I believe you would agree with me that we live in a very different day. We live in a day that uh, economically it's a kind of a scary day, isn't it? go to the grocery store, go to buy food, go buy gas, go buy anything, homes, anything you want to buy. This, the prices have skyrocketed. Economically, it's a very scary time. Politically, it's more than scary. It's a very dangerous time politically. And spiritually, it's a spiritually dark time in the day in which we live. But we know the Bible says, know you, not, know you that, uh, that in the last days perilous times shall come. We're in those days of peril. In the Bible, we were referred to in many ways by the Lord. We're referred to as sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. We're referred to as fishermen. Jesus said, follow me. And I'll make you fishermen and I'll make you to become fishers of men. You know, if you're not fishing, somebody said you're not following. Jesus came to make us fishers of men. We're also referred to as soldiers. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We're also referred to as harvesters in the harvest field. And there in Proverbs chapter number 10 That verse 5 says, He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Knowing that you're a little drowsy this afternoon, we were, were not able to get in our Sunday afternoon nap, so we're all a little sleepy. So tonight, I'm going to preach a sermon about sleep after we pray. Lord, I pray you help us tonight. Lord, I pray that you would help this uh, message tonight to encourage our hearts, but also to convict our hearts. 
God, I pray you'd use it to your honor, to your glory. And we'll give you the praise for it in Christ's name. Amen. Sleep. I don't think many of us are afraid of sleep. It's something we all kind of look forward to. Oh, we might fight sleep sometimes, but there's normally a time when we really are longing for sleep. It's an equalizer for us all. We all have to have sleep. None can do without it. It revives the weary. It comforts the afflicted. Have you ever had trials in your life and bad news or heartaches and you just wanted to sleep? I recall several years ago that uh, family in our church had a very tragic accident happen in their family. And I would go visit the family and for days upon end when I would go, I would normally find them in bed. No matter what time of day or evening, they were just wanted to sleep. Sleep would take them away from the trials of life and the hurts of life. Sleep. The need of sleep. Every creature needs sleep. I even think the ants sleep. They don't sleep much because no matter when you have a picnic or wherever you go, you'll find ants seemingly active. I'm sure they must sleep. Every animal has to sleep. All men, whether you're a prince or a pauper, whether you're a king or a kid, everybody has to sleep. It's as necessary as food and water. We all have to have sleep. Rich men can do without servants, but they cannot do without sleep. Man can live without a bed, but he can't live without sleep. A child can live without playing, but a child cannot make it without sleep. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a servant that causes shame. In the Bible, there's much about sleep. Adam was the first to sleep. Remember that after God created Adam and Adam, in his wisdom, Adam named all the animals. You know, this caveman philosophy is very wicked, isn't it? Adam was surely not a caveman. He named all the animals. But God caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam. And when he woke up, he looked out and he said, whoa, look what God did for me. And he took from his side and made a woman. Adam slept. Daniel slept in the lion's den. David slept in the sheep pastures and in the caves. Even Jesus went to sleep. He slept in a boat. Everyone needs sleep. The inner three, Peter, James, and John, remember the story when Jesus took them with him to pray. And he left them to pray and then Jesus went a little further to pray. And when he came back, three times he came back and found them asleep. Shamefully, in a time of prayer, he found them sleeping.
We can't be too critical because we all know that many times we have prayed ourselves to sleep. Men have been tortured by lack of sleep. I'm not a great reader. One young preacher boy asked me one day, he was trying to pick my brain and he said, preacher, what books are you reading now? Oh, I said, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm not much to read books. I'm not a great reader. I don't contain a lot of things that I read, I think. And so, but I have plenty to read by having 66 books in front of me. That's plenty for me. But a lack of sleep, one of the books that I remember reading that uh, it's a little book by a, a preacher, I think it was from Romania, but I forget now exactly the country, maybe some of you have read his book. He was a, a preacher in a foreign country, his name was Harlan Popoff. And there's a little, little paperback book called Tortured for His Faith, and Years ago, we had Harlan pop off at our church, and we bought hundreds of copies of this little booklet, Tortured for His Faith. Thirteen years in a communist prison for no other reason than preaching the gospel. And in this book, it told the story how that they would, one way of torturing these men in prison is they would keep them from sleep. They would put bright lights on a wall And make them stand facing that white wall with a bright light coming off of that wall. And they would have to have their eyes open. And a guard would stand near them. And any time their eyes would close, a guard would hit them in the head. Keep them awake for hours upon end without sleep. And then they would put them in a a, a cell and turn the lights out where they would immediately want to go to sleep. But every minute, a guard would strike the, the, the bars of that prison and a loud noise would startle them and they could not sleep tortured by lack of sleep if you've ever had those nights when you could not go to sleep and you just long for the morning to come for not being able to sleep but knowing you need sleep sleep the importance of sleep sleep can be our friend or sleep can be our enemy Sleep can be used or it can be abused. I remind you what we just read. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son. But he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. The danger of sleeping at the wrong time. Oh, we need sleep. Matter of fact, in a few days, I'll be 79, Brother Muncie, and you're about the same age as me. You're a little younger than me. You're a younger man. But I figure, Brother Muncie, that I have, and you too, you're in the same boat I am, that I have been asleep for more than 25 years. You take your life and put one-third, take one-third of your life, and you have been asleep. If you sleep eight hours a day, Over 25 years of my life, I've been asleep. I've had to sleep. We need sleep. 
But there's a danger of sleeping at the wrong time. I'll not ask you to raise your hands because your family won't want to ride with you anymore. But how many have you become drowsy when you're driving a car? And thank God for those little indentions along the side of the road that kind of bring you back to your senses. I had a wedding uh, just before I came down down here on Saturday. And at that wedding, there was uh, one of the, the families that came in. And there was a lady that was probably in her, maybe in her 40s. And uh, she came in. She was in a wheelchair. So I introduced myself to her. I didn't know who she was. And she was from out of state. And she was one of the relatives of the bride. And she told me who she was. And she said, oh, I said, do you have other family members here and she told me who she was. She said, "I have a twin sister who will be here in a little bit." And and so uh, we we talked a while. And so later, I asked one of the family members. I was curious. I said, "What happened that she's in a wheelchair?" A family member told me. Says, "Well, so it was about ten years ago that her husband and her were traveling to see her parents." And they had to travel several miles, you know, to get to the family. And within 10 minutes of the completing their destination, he fell asleep at the wheel. And the car ran off the road. And the end result was that she was paralyzed from the waist down. The dangers of sleeping at the wrong time. My heart ached. For that lady and also ached for her husband. Knowing every day, every waking hour of every day as he helps his wife in and out of a wheelchair to realize that it was because I fell asleep at the wheel. Sleep is good, but it's not good to sleep while you're driving. Sleep is good, but uh, when you get on the airplane, you don't want the, the pilot to... Go to sleep. There's a time to sleep and there's a time to be awake. Sleep can be blessful and needful and useful. But sleeping at the wrong time can bring shame. The nurse must sleep, but not when the patient needs her attention. The surgeon must sleep, but not in the operating room. He must be completely awake. Policemen can sleep, but not when they're on duty. The fireman must sleep, but not while the fire is raging. He must be awake. An engineer of a train has to have sleep, but not when he's at the throttle of the train. Sleep. Paul said it this way as we read there in Romans. He said, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Knowing the time in which we live, the time of peril, knowing that we live in the last days, last opportunities, it's a time that spiritually we will be awake. We must sleep physically. But the waking hours that we have, we must be awake spiritually. We cannot sleep spiritually 
because of the harvest. He that sleepeth in harvest, it brings shame. The soldier must sleep, but not when he's on guard duty. The mother must sleep, but not when her young child is is sick of fever. She must stay awake. The shepherd must sleep, but what? not when the wolves are crying out in the night for the lambs. The lifeguard must sleep, but not when someone is treading water in deep water and hauling for help. It's not a time for a lifeguard to sleep. Christians must sleep, but not when souls are in danger of hellfire. Jonah slept. He was sleeping on the wrong ship, headed in the wrong direction. Remember Eutychus in Acts chapter 20. He went to sleep. But it was a dangerous thing to go to sleep when the preacher was preaching. Oh, you say the Bible says he preached long time. Preached short to keep him awake. I like that thought. He was, the Bible says he was sitting in a window. If you sit in that window ledge, it's almost like he was half in and half out. If you're sleeping in church, it may be you're just kind of half in and half out. You're half here and half there. You got half your mind here and half of it's on the grocery list and it's on what you're going to do tomorrow, what you did yesterday and on the cares of the world. Eutychus fell asleep. It's dangerous to fall asleep in church. The danger of sleeping at the wrong time. But we have need of sleep. But to sleep in harvest is shameful. It shows a lack of responsibility. Because when it's harvest time, you've planted the seed. It's been watered and weeded and and now it comes to blossom and it's ready for harvest. But if we do not gather in the harvest, it will rot in the field. The gospel is only good news if it arrives on time. The good news is too late for those who pass on yesterday or this morning. To sleep and harvest shows a lack of responsibility and it shows a lack of concern for the harvest. To sleep and harvest. The harvest, to sleep and harvest, it's a shame because the harvest will not wait In this world, there's 7.9 billion souls. Sometimes we see people, but we don't always see souls. We have to realize you're going to work tomorrow. You're going to school tomorrow. You're going back to the neighborhood tomorrow. You're going home tonight, and there's going to be souls. It's just not people. It's people that have souls. How shall they hear without a preacher? Harvest time is crisis time. The harvest will not reap itself It has to have a reaper. Harvest time is not playtime. It's work time. We talk about the Lord's work. It's work to witness. It's work to teach Sunday school. It's work to usher. It's work to man the 
the live stream and to play the instruments and to sing the songs and it's even work to sit and listen. <laughs> Becomes laborious sometimes. A sleeping servant is useless to the harvest needs. The harvest must have harvesters. Because if we're not in the harvest field, it will soon be too late. Jesus said, say not yet four months and then cometh harvest. But lift up your, uh, your eyes and look on the fields for they're white are ready unto harvest. It's great late is a nice phrase for Taco Bell. But it's not a good phrase for the gospel. It's not great late. It's shameful. The three disciples missed an opportunity to pray. Samson woke up but his strength was gone because of sleep. 1 Thessalonians verse five, chapter 5 verse 6 says, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34 says, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. It's harvest time. Harvest time, the grain is falling, the Savior's calling, oh, do not wait. It's growing late, behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. We're going to leave here in just a few moments. It's not that just we're headed home. We're headed into the harvest field. We're headed into the world. Sometimes we think going to the, all the world and preach the gospel means to go to some foreign country. But see, the gospel is not only to be taken across the sea, it's to be taken across the street. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. To all the world yep. and preach the gospel. I have this little bracelet on. I hope you don't think you'll love me, but uh, we had some of these made up and you know, I don't know the politics of Ukraine and Russia. and I don't care about the politics. I'm just as concerned about the, the people of Russia as I am the people of Ukraine. And I know you are too. I love your church because of the love you have for souls, the love you have for missionaries. It grips my heart. But there's souls everywhere. We're endeavoring to have four or five teams. If a team is four men, we're going over to we're going to go into Hungary and a missionary there. The Pranger family will meet us there, and then they will lead us and help us and take us a few miles into Ukraine to where there's a uh, a refugee sta- a station where. Those that are fleeing out of Ukraine come to the western part of Ukraine where it's still safe there. And then they wait for some other country to give them refuge. And so we're going in there and we're not taking food in. I mean, I mean, we'll take a few little things to give to kids, but we're taking the gospel in. Amen. 
what Ukrainians need is what Russians need and what Americans need. And it's what your family needs and what your coworkers need and your neighbors need. We all have one thing that we have to give that people need and we have the gospel. Stay awake. Stay alert. Because it's time of harvest. Let's pray. Lord, thank you tonight that have the opportunity to be here at Landmark Baptist Church. Lord, I'm always amazed that I'd be asked to come back. I love this church. I love these people. I love this pastor and his family. They've been a blessing in my life. Times in my life when I didn't know if I had many friends, but I knew I had one friend. And I thank you for Brother Muncie's friendship down through these years. But I thank you so much, Lord, for the church here in Winchester. The many times I've driven from this place and I've said, oh God, help me to keep the heart at Cornerstone Baptist Temple. Help us to have the heart of Landmark. Help us to have the burden for souls that they have. Help us to keep on keeping on. Let us be an encouragement to them and they'll be an encouragement to us. We're, we're laborers together. We're harvesters together in your harvest field. Lord, keep us. Keep us in the field reaping the harvest. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Would you stand tonight? Brother Muncie will give us an invitation tonight.